Good morning. It's 9.30 on Thursday, the 23rd of April, 2020. It's radio blogging. Here we go again. Today is Giant Thursday. Welcome to Radio Blogging, daily shows with interactive activities to keep everyone busy and engaged. Brought to you by Pi Corbett, David Mitchell, Ian Rocky, and Russell Prue. Just listen and blog. It's live, fun, and interactive. And with new educational tasks every day, just head over to radioblogging.net to listen and find out more. And a very good morning to you bloggers. Hello, welcome to another cracking day, everyone. An opportunity to excel and dazzle your peers. And that's what we're aiming for today. It's a gorgeous day across most of the United Kingdom. Wherever you are, let us know what it's like with you today. It's Thursday the 23rd and we've got a brilliant, very entertaining show for you today coming up uh, we have authors we have poets and we have fabulous games we'd love for you to get in contact with us if you'd like to text me and i've got a couple of texts already thank you so much lovely for you to get in there super early 07624 802 272 that number one more time for you 07624 802 272 texts are free for most uk mobile phones and we'll read those later on in the show we're on email as well radio blogging at gmail.com and you can message us on our message wall inside our radioblogging.net website what you need to have done is popped out the player bite now and we have lots of first-time listeners every day good morning welcome to you if you're a first-time listener drop us a tweet at radio blogging we'd love to know where you're listening from if you can name any of your listeners there do please by all means and let us know the name of your school or where you are listening from and first names only of course uh, it'll just be lovely to give you a shout out on today's show well it's time for my favorite bit of the day it's time for a slice of pie start the day with a slice of pie this is radioblogging.net good morning pie corbett Good morning, sir. All well here. We have got lovely sunshine again. I got up this morning, came downstairs. Gerald the mouse has not raided the porridge. I'm back on the porridge. Big news. Porridge, honey with a sprinkle of nuts on the top. He's not got in the nut jar. I think that I have cracked it. I did see him last evening, as I told you yesterday, but no sign today. So I don't know what he is. He's sneaky, as we know. And he lulls you into a full sense of suspicion. You think that Gerald has disappeared and then suddenly he's back on it. So um, I, 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 I'm looking for him and I'll be checking tonight because I think he comes out at night. But all is well with us. I phoned the aged aunt and I think this is important to keep in touch with older folk. Uh, grands and granddads and people that you might be missing. And Crunchy and Crispy, the two dogs... Uh, are on best behaviour today because she's had a Tesco's delivery. Other good supermarkets are available, a Tesco's delivery. And so uh, food is in and they're very, very happy. So it's all good today, uh, Russell. And I'm really looking forward to giants because for years I've had a sneaking suspicion that there are giants around in the local area. Tomorrow we've got Michelle Paver, 
who wrote Wolf Boy. Lots of uh, uh, children listening, you will know the novel Wolf Boy. You will have had it read to you in school or you've read it yourself. This is from a new book, actually. She's talking about a new one in the series called Viper's Daughter. I've listened to the interview. I've listened to the reading. It's a beautiful reading, slightly scary, in which uh, Torak and um, his pet wolf, his wolf, I don't know if he's exactly a pet, um, because he's a wolf, he's a free spirit. But it's when they meet a creature they've never met before, really scary moment. And she reads it beautifully, doesn't she, um, Russell? Oh, fabulous, got a great voice. I, now that's the thing I've, I think I've discovered by, in, by being introduced to all of your friends, <laughs> the, the Pie Corbett um, entourage, if you like, they all read beautifully well. They do. And of course, next Friday, we have the amazing Peter Bunzel. And I am really looking forward to that because when Cogheart came out, and again, lots of our listeners, you'll know Cogheart, wonderfully excited. It, it is such a cracking yarn. And he's written more now. So he's building up a series here, but really well written, elegantly written and incredibly exciting. And there are one or two, certainly in that first one, there are one or two really quite scary moments. But he creates this amazing world. I'm so looking forward to that. And I know everybody uh, listening in school or in home, I know you'll be looking forward uh, to it. Now, those of you who've not joined us to, uh, before, you need to be on today's show. So if you look at the very top, you can see there somewhere in the middle of that menu, it says today's show. Make sure you are clicked on there. And if you scroll down a little bit, you'll see a hand um, and you are in the right place. Now, we always start with a couple of games. And Creative games. Play and try with Ian and Pi. And I play these games with head teacher Ian Rocky. How are you this morning, sir? Very, very well, Pi. Thank you. Lovely to be here. Great. Excited for Giant Thursday. Excited to be playing the games. I do love having the opportunity to play these games with you every morning. I, I love doing it as well. When I used to teach, we always used to start off with games, a few little uh, quickfire games just to tune ourselves in. And of course, in school, there are there are spelling games you can play and there are grammar games you can play. But we like to play ones that are very often creative games to get us into the mood, a thoughtful mood where we're tossing around ideas. And the first game, what, what happens, folks, is you have your notebook and pencil. Mr. Rocky and I will play a couple of games and then we have some sort of musical interlude and uh, you play the games at home. So just jot down any thoughts. Here are two good games. And today, because it's giants, we're going to be thinking mainly about huge things, massive things, giant things. But in this game, we're also going to think about tiny things. So, Ian, mm. I, I want you to come up with some really, really big things. I'll come up with tiny things and we bounce it backwards and forwards until one of us collapses and can't think of anything else. So <laughs> I'll start with a tiny thing mm. and I'm going to go for a flea. Uh, I'm going to go for an elephant. OK, blade of grass. Redwood tree. The, those are the huge ones that have... There's a picture, isn't there? A famous picture with a car mm. going through one, isn't there? Yes, huge. Yeah. They're, they're massive. Biggest trees in the world, I think. Mm. I'm on tiny things. Speck of dust. Volcano. Uh, mouse's eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, blue whale. Oh, crikey. Um, <coughs> spot on the ladybird. Uh, skyscraper. Um, uh, snowflake. Uh, rainforest. 
crumb of bread. Ocean. Um. Uh, um. <laughs> it's terrible, isn't it? There are thousands of things. And the awful thing about being put on the spot is your mind goes blank, completely blank. You can't think of anything at all. You, you have to get that in school, don't you? Yes. And, uh, you, you know, the teacher asks a question and uh, uh, two things happen. Your, either your mind goes blank, particularly if the teacher looks at you and you go, oh, I don't know anything at all. Mind <laughs> goes blank. Or alternatively, you get an idea and then the teacher comes to you and says, yes. And then you, the child says, I don't know. I've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> happens all the time. I've forgotten. <laughs> yes, it does. It happens all the time. Uh, memory is an odd thing. OK, so that's that's without fear of being live on radio. I think you could keep that one running for quite a long time. Mm. Think of small things, big things. You could swap over after a minute. Right. Now, let's really get into the giant theme. What would you find? And let's see if we can go to 10. 10 things found in a giant's handbag. Do you want to start off? I will indeed. How about a thornbush to use as a comb? Okay, I'm going to find uh, um, a book. I think the giant's handbag will have in it a book titled How to Avoid Beanstalks. Okay, I'm going to go with a knitting needle toothpick to use after feasts. Oh, that's a really good one. I'm going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with... I'm finding it's terribly hard. All of a sudden, I'm being useless this morning. Um, wait, wait, wait. No, I know the answer to this. Seven league boots. <laughs> I am going to go with an audio book of Teach Yourself Fluent Fee Fi Fo Fum. Ooh, that's a good one. I can hear Russell giggling in the background. It's <laughs> so good, you're going to make me laugh. I think you won that one, hands down. <laughs> yes. It's terrible, isn't it? I'm, I, I really need to get my brain in order. <laughs> and it is interesting because when we think about writing, if you can't come up with ideas and words and thoughts, if your brain sort of freezes, then you can't really write anything. You have to loosen up your mind. You have to open up your mind. And doing things fast can work really well where you don't worry about it. You just say it. So, Russell, we got two really good games there, Big Things, Tiny Things, and Ten Things Found in a Giant's Handbag. And while everybody is playing those games, do you have a little interlude for oh, us? You can always rely on me on a little interlude. A soup song, listeners, this is good. Uh, a really interesting music chart. I just typed the word giant into my music library, which is vast, I have to say. And this came up. It's a children's TV series from, oh my goodness, must be the 80s, maybe even earlier, where the humans were small, but other humans were giant. I'm James Carter. The world is very grateful to what you and Pi and your whole team are doing. It's absolutely brilliant. You are a, literally a godsend. And I, and I say that as a humanist, but you are a godsend to the world at the moment right now. And you, give, and you give a great rhythm to every family's day. I think that's important. Everyone gets up and gets really creative because the morning is the creative time of the day. And what better than to switch on to uh, radioblogging.net. 
Thanks, James, for that. And also for your tweet we've just got as well. That's really kind of you. Uh, listeners, we'd love to hear from you today. So please get in contact. Here's my text number. Contact the show right now. Just send a text message to 07624 802 or email us using studio at andertontiger.com. We've got other emails as well. If you want to email the radio blogging team, they are just simply radioblogging at gmail.com. You can drop us a message onto the website, onto our message message wall if you'd like and you can tweet us with at radio blogging we'd love to hear from you today let us know who's listening and what you are enjoying most you can also hashtag us as well if you don't want to use your own uh, twitter handle or you don't want to tag us you can just use hashtag radio blogging sometimes they're a bit easier to use on the web as well over to david now deputy mitchell david how's the website this morning Good morning, Russell. Uh, Yes, it's looking really busy. We have literally thousands and thousands of people uh, tuning in this morning and just taking a look at the the site, which again, remember, it hosts all of the writing. So every single Padlet entry, every single blog post and every single comment that comes in is displayed here uh, for people to see all over the world. And although we've had... We've had hundreds of thousands of people looking. At the moment, we've got thousands on. We have somebody from Kenya on there live right now. We've had a few. We've got a few people on from America, uh, Isle of Man again, um, and you know, thousands of people. So again, it just makes it um, even more important to pay attention to those minor details. Details matter in writing, and when we're going to be looking and bringing in pie in a moment to look at the padlets, one thing I really want people to focus on are those basics. Those capital letters full stops um on the in the padlets so pi i think we are ready for our first padlet are we not well what we're going to do first of all just to get the whole show going is um at the end of each show there's an opportunity on a padlet and we will come to it but there's an opportunity for people to record themselves and we use that to introduce the next show so russell to introduce today's giant show, what do we have recorded yesterday? Well, we have some really good. I've got three recordings that I picked out like the most. I think this is Giant Sighting in London by Nicholas from Warren Road. Now, Nicholas, this is his first recording, and I love this. interrupt this program to bring you breaking news. Giants have been sighted on the streets of London and people have been advised to lock their doors and barricade their windows. If you see anything suspicious, please contact the police. Thank you. Nicholas, first time out on the show. What did you think, Pi? I thought it was good. I loved it. It was crystal clear. You could hear every single word. It was brief. It was to the point and it sounded like breaking news. It was using the right language, the right energy, the right words for the occasion. Loved it. What, what's coming up now? This is Phoebe. She's 11. We are sorry to interrupt this programme, but there is something we believe people need to know about. Eight giants were sighted earlier in Birmingham. These creatures have many types, but here we have radioactive, wind, crystal, snow, ground, sky, dark and light. These animals are dangerous and feed on human flesh, so lock your doors and windows and stay inside. We will update you when we have more on the subject. Thank you. Good night. (laughs) 
Phoebe 11, Ooh. first time on the studio, what do you think? Yeah, brilliant. Again, crystal clear. Absolutely no point in being on the radio or TV unless we're absolutely clear. Could hear every single word. I like that one, yeah. Touch of imagination in there as well. Um, good energy, fantastic recording. And we've got one more, haven't we? I think I've saved the best one to last. This is Bethany 9 and Toby 7, and they're doing a joint news broadcast. <laughs> Breaking news, giant rampage in London. Armoured giants are running through London, smashing the famous Houses of Parliament and heading for Buckingham Palace. I have caught up with Toby at the scene of the crime. Hello, I'm currently in the Science Cross HQ talking to the Prime Minister's scientists. After some blood samples, we finally found out that they are a rare species of cave giants. They have crashed through Euston Road Hyde Park and many other streets and are heading threateningly for the palace. Back to you, Beth. Thank you, Toby. If one is seen anywhere in the capital, call 781-100-577. I repeat, 781-100-577. That is all for now on London News with me, Bethany, and me, Toby. I love that one. Armoured giants have been sighted and they're heading for Her Majesty in Buckingham Palace. Absolutely love it. And they're cave giants as well. I love the way we got the two voices in there. We got the scientists. I thought that was an absolute cracker. We like it when people use two or three voices, don't we, Russell? It's good. It re- and that's uh, most news bulletins have mm. that kind of format. So it's lovely. Mm. You're kind of modelling what you hear on the radio. Yes, it's interesting. And people are picking up on the right language because they've been listening to radio. They've been listening to TV and getting into the right um, flow of language. Excellent stuff with touch of imagination. Love it. Now we're moving into our two poets of the day. We have Liz Brownlee today. We have Paul Cookson, who we've had on before. And folks, if you've not been with us before, when you're looking, I'm looking at the um, uh, at the computer now. It says, welcome to today's show. And just above that, where it says activity one, there is an orange box that says reading response Padlet. Now, if you click on that, um, up comes a rather pretty, <clears throat> um, there's some tulips there. And it says 23rd of April reading response. Now, what's going to happen is this. Liz is going to read... Uh, a poem and it's not a poem about a giant it's actually the opposite it's about small gentle things that come and go so it's a complete contrast and then we'll have paul reading he's got a tall story giant spider on the ceiling and a third one which uh, i know you're really going to uh, enjoy but we're starting with liz and as we listen we like to give a response to our poets so in order to do this, if you've not been with us before, you will click on that little pink circle uh, with a plus mark in the bottom right hand corner and up will come uh, a little box. And it's into that little box that you're going to write. And I'll just tell you how you do it so that while Liz is um, reading, you can type in a response or just afterwards. So it says title, put your name in there. We need to know who you are. So write in where it says title your name. Then it says write something. So drop the cursor down. And I'm going to hold fire, but that's where I'm going to type in 
my response. But I am going to be fussy, as David says. I'm going to make sure I reread it, double check it before I click on the padlet and then up it goes. I'll say a little bit more after we've heard Liz, because I just want to I'll talk a, a bit, Russell, about what my response will be. But let's start off with Liz's lovely, quiet, gentle poem. And then um, we can hear her interview, I think, as well. Yes, we certainly can. Just before I play that, I want to say good morning to Liz. She is joining us right now live on the web. So very good morning and thanks very much for tweeting in. This is lovely. Things you cannot keep. Hello, I'm Liz Brownlee. And I'm going to read you the poem called Things You Cannot Keep. The softness of the lemon in a primrose. The nodding of a bluebell from a bee. The silence in the gaps of the bird's song the library of the creatures in the tree, the plumping of a plum in the sunshine, the crazy path an ant left in the grass, the warmth of a hug and its safety, the moment when the sky darks for the stars. This is radioblogging.net, broadcasting live across the planet. Well, I loved that. That was fantastic. And what I was doing as Liz was reading, I've got my notebook by me, always had that, and I was jotting down little words and ideas, bits I, I, I really liked. I liked the library idea. I thought that was really good. But one of the things that happened during it, I suddenly went back to that ladybird, which I mentioned when I was playing the game uh, with Mr. Rocky. I went back to that ladybird, and I could, for my response, write, I liked the bit where you talked about the crazy pattern that ants make. So I could talk about something I liked, an idea I liked, um, an image that popped into my head, something perhaps about the way in which it was read. But I'm going to respond today with an idea that fits into Liz's things you cannot keep. And one of the things you can't really keep, you know, that beautiful shininess on a, on a ladybird's back and those tiny spots. So I'm going to write that in. So I've got my name in as a title. So I'm going to write, um, literally just write a, a line that could go on to Liz's poem. So I'm going to put um, the, the speckles on a ladybird. D birds back just a phrase um and then i just double check it remember that before you post it reread speckles on the ladybird's back so i'm going to click and it says awaiting approval and i'm going to do a second one now and i'm going to put pie and then i'm going to tell liz because she will be interested to see what people have written so i'm now going to write i loved your idea about the library i think it was a library of birds but i might have got that wrong uh, um i'm just going to write that double check it and then click and it's awaiting approval and as i'm doing those there will be hundreds of you writing up your responses feeding back to liz what you thought about her piece of writing you, you also interviewed her didn't you russell i did indeed and let's have a listen to that now amazing so I've not heard that before. Thank you so much indeed. That was lovely. There is an interesting rhythm there. Can you tell our listeners a bit about that? No. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, that's a perfectly good answer. I have well, no idea what rhythm I'm, it is. Okay. Well, there, there is a 
there is a rhythm I've not heard before in any of the guests on our show. So, um, Oh, uh, gosh, it probably is a rhythm. But do you know what? I have absolutely no sense of the rhythm. And I can't dance. And when I, I'm in a choir and I have to watch the, the, uh, the, the choir leader extremely carefully to check when to come in and when to go out and things like that. So I just go by what uh-huh. sounds right to me. Well, that's a good thing, Liz, because that means you don't need to have good rhythm to be able to do this. And so tell the listeners a little bit, please, about the inspiration. What made you write that? Uh, It was thinking about it was um, it was actually um, listening to a bird sing in the garden. Uh, It was blackbird and blackbirds like to sing um, after the rain when the sun comes out and it dries up. And you'll often hear a blackbird singing then. And it there's little gaps in its song and during those gaps you can still hear um somehow the bird singing in your mind it's still it's still there in your imagination but uh, uh, and it, it's just lovely that little gap and then it starts singing again and it just gave me the idea for things you you cannot keep those little moments in life which are really wonderful but uh, but they're very fleeting and ephemeral Indeed, and are more precious now than they were a month ago, I have to say. Um, yes. w- what inspires you? Where do you get the the inspiration from? So, well, you get the inspiration for poems all over the place. You just have to keep your eye out if, or your ears out and your feelings out if you're a writer, I think. And um, I, I get a lot of inspiration from animals and from nature and from what I can see from my window. I sit here and study and look out onto a lovely garden with onto lots of birds and squirrels and and wildlife and um yes everything anything that that suddenly sparks an idea and also if I have to write a poem about something and I don't have any inspiration then I'll explore it in as many ways as I can I might go and see it I might go and feel it smell it look at it if it's tasteable taste it um I had to write a poem about uh heritage plants which are plants that were grown a long time ago mm. and um i i tasted uh all the i've got a friend who's a gardener she took me around and i tasted all the pieces of uh bean plants and things like that and it was really interesting that every part of the plant tasted like the bean not just the bean i thought that was really interesting so things like that can make a poem interesting little details but you don't get to know those details unless you really look into it. When you make notes, how do the notes take form on the page if you're just kind of sketching out an idea, or perhaps you even sketch? I do sketch sometimes, but um, normally I would say that my my notebooks are scribble. I just, because I try and get something down as quickly as possible, otherwise it's, it just disappears out of my head. So um, sometimes I get ideas in the middle of the night and I scribble them down. When I look the next morning, it's complete rubbish. You can't read my handwriting. <laughs> and it's usually absolute nonsense. But in the daytime, I just scribble things down on a piece of paper. And it's not neat. It doesn't need to be neat, just as long as you can get it down. That's lovely advice. Uh, Liz, thank you so much indeed for joining us. I thoroughly enjoyed that. And it's been fabulous talking to you. Liz Brownlee, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. This is radioblogging.net, broadcast into homes and schools across the world. Mm, what a what a great interview uh, there, Russell. And that we've talked about this before the the whole business of 
I call it name it, but looking for those details, bringing things alive by describing things. Um, and she said, unless you really look into it, you'll, you'll never you'll never capture those details. You'll never be able to bring anything alive. And that's about observation. When I was a teacher, I had in my classroom a huge sign saying, are you a good observer? So looking at the truth of experience, looking at the details and then using those details. And of course, she's like me and many other writers. We love our notebooks. We have to have our notebooks. It's that memory thing, but it's so easy to forget. So we're constantly jotting down thoughts and ideas. Now, I can see on the Padlet we've got lots and lots of things coming up. Now, Liz, if you're listening, I know you're listening. You might be looking at the Padlet and thinking, I can't see anything. Well, you have to refresh the page. What that means is you go to the very top where it says radioblogging.net. Look across to the right and you'll see a semicircle with an arrow. Click on that and bingo, up come lots and lots of responses. And and there's a lot of comment about the way that you read it, Liz, that lovely, gentle, calm, soothing um, rhythm to the reading. It was beautifully done. I liked Amelia saying uh, I like the warmth of a hug because it made me happy and think about cuddles with my nanny. And Anthony picked up on that as well. I enjoyed that because I looked out of my window at the sunshine while listening to this and it made me feel calm. I like the bit about the warm hug. Uh, and very often poems, uh, we relate to them um, from our own experience. So there's something in a poem and you think, oh, I've seen that. I recognize that. I know that. I've experienced that. Uh, and it means something, therefore, to us. And then other people have talked about um, bits in the poem they enjoyed. Edie, who said, we love the silence in the gaps of a bird's song. I love that bit. Sophie Joe, I like the warmth of a hug bit and the nodding bluebell. And there's then asked a question. How did you decide on the words you used? So I love that, uh, Sophie Joe, but you're asking questions there. And no doubt Liz will be having a look and um, be able to respond by clicking, Liz, on that pink button and bingo, up comes a box and you can respond. Now, that was Liz talking about small things, tiny things. Paul, who we've had on before, is going for the big stuff, I guess. Sorry, he is. Absolutely a tall story we start with, Paul Cookson. Hello, it's Paul Cookson here with a poem called A Tall Story. I'm sorry about my report from St. Goliath's School for Trainee Giants. It's just that I don't think I'm cut out for this life. For one thing, I'm only three foot six. I can't spell beanstalk. And I get mixed up with my fee-fies and my full thumbs and my fee-fi-full-full-full-thumbs, as I did then. Smelling blood, especially that of English males, gives me migraines and sickness. Bone grinding makes me queasy. And, and I don't even like bread. Plus, some of the big lads pick on me. I, I'm not making excuses, but I don't think it's all my fault. You see... Mum, Dad, I mean, you shouldn't really have called me Jack, should you? Hello, it's Paul Cookson here with a poem about a giant spider called the Monster Spider on the Ceiling. And it's based on a true story. I was doing a school assembly. It was quite a new school hall with a very low uh, ceiling, a very white ceiling, very bright white ceiling. And I noticed some of the children at the back were pointing above me. They'd seen something black on the white ceiling. 
and of course it was a spider. I'll be honest, it was the biggest, hairiest spider I've ever seen, not in the zoo. And then it started moving. And of course, the movement attracted the attention of all the children, the pointing spider, spider, spider. I thought, what do I do? Do I get it? Eventually, a teacher, she went to the staff room. She came back from the staff room. In one hand, she had a wine glass. I don't know why they have wine glasses in the staff room. I think it's medical reasons, obviously. On the other hand, she had a piece of cardboard. She stood in a chair, put the wine glass on the ceiling. The spider fell in, the cardboard over the top, and she walked 30 metres across the school playground and threw it over the fence. And all the time I'm thinking, what a great idea for a poem, the giant spider, the monster spider on the ceiling. And then I found out the name of the teacher. This is absolutely true. Her name, Mrs. Crawley. How good is that? So she features in this poem called The Monster Spider on the Ceiling. Watching, waiting, way up high, loitering with evil eye for that moment of revealing the monster spider on the ceiling. People sitting in the hall assemble while it starts to crawl, step by step most unappealing, the monster spider on the ceiling like a dark cloud in the blue eventually comes into view there's no hiding or concealing the monster spider on the ceiling one by one all realize with open mouths and widened eyes pointing panicking and squealing at the monster spider on the ceiling shrieking shouting as it's crawling frightened that it may start falling the assembled trembled senses reeling the monster spider on the ceiling. To the rescue, one brave teacher on a chair reached to that creature. Very soon, she was dealing with that monster on the ceiling. With a wine glass from the staff room and some cardboard from a classroom, one swift move and she was peeling the monster spider from the ceiling. Safely, soundly, slowly, surely, the creepy caught by Mrs. Crawley. She relieved all anxious feeling, caught that monster from the ceiling, took it out across the yard, to the fence and chucked it hard, somersaulting and cartwheeling, bye-bye spider from the ceiling. Hello, it's Paul Cookson. Now this poem was inspired by the previous poem called The Monster Spider on the Ceiling. I performed it in a school and uh, this little girl in year one said, she put her hand and said, Paul, what type of spider was it? I said, I don't know. And she said these words. She said, was it a tarantulator? Obviously, she meant tarantula, but she said tarantulator. And I was writing poems for a space book at that time. So I thought tarantulator sounds like a, a monster spider from outer space. So that's how this poem started. Half alien creature, half machine, Eyes that glow both red and green. Robot spider terminator. Look out, tarantulator. Eight long legs, multi-jointed. Spikes and spots, poisoned, pointed. Predatory aggravator. Look out, tarantulator. Venom in those vampire fangs. Do not feel its hunger pangs. Threads and webs of steel creator. Look out, tarantulator. Radioactive hairs that quiver. Saliva like an acid river, interspecies space mutator. Look out, tarantulator. It'll be back to see you later. Look out, tarantulator. This 
This is radioblogging.net. Fantastic. Uh, What I loved about that, um, Russell, was that Liz's way of writing is very different to Paul's, but I enjoyed both uh, both poets. And looking at the Padlet now, and I think, Liz, you've probably got the idea you have to refresh the page and you will see lots and lots of responses and people will be writing responses to Paul now. <clears throat> but just to pick up on a few, um, uh, so we've got one or two people responding back with ideas of their own. Hadley, the rhythmic purr of my contented cat, the crack of lightning as it whips across the stormy sky. Charlie, the hair of a honey bee. Um, Hannah, your breath on a winter's morning. Um, Molly Ann from Exford, the twitch of a rabbit's nose. So there are lots of people writing about how uh, the poem was read, uh, what the poem meant to them, but also bouncing off the poem and creating their own ideas. So we'll be getting lots and lots of um, responses coming up for Paul um, at, the, at this very moment now. But I think uh, as people are doing that, Russell, I think we need to be thinking about moving to activity one, which is this hand can. So uh, those of you who are with us, um, go back onto uh, the main uh, the main board and we can see there that big picture of the hand. We know how to use it because I've talked that through. And the idea here is that if you were a giant and you had enormous hands, what could you do? Or if you had magical hands, what could you do? So I'm going to post an idea up here. So I click in it, Pi, that comes up, and it says, write something. This hand can. Michael Rosen actually wrote a wonderful poem about the NHS, actually, um, about soothing, caring hands. This hand can. This hand can. um, Seize. Um, Now, I'm going to do a giant one. This hand can. I need to write that down. This hand can seize i'm not sure how to spell seize um this hand can seize uh, this hand can seize uh an aeroplane can seize an airplane and um throw it like a paper glider full stop gonna reread it this hand can seize a airplane an airplane and throw it like a paper glider now you can do huge hands or you could do tiny tiny hands and what could a tiny hand do so i'm ready to post that up we go and of course folks all of these are red so mr mitchell and mr rocky are going through every single one everything is red so everybody is safe and we can't end up with somebody doing something silly on one of the um, uh, one of the padlets. So everything, everything is double checked. Um, so now we've got probably hundreds, if not thousands of people jotting up creative ideas of what this magical giant or magical tiny, tiny hand can do. Oh, I've got an idea for a tiny one and it's building on my ladybird one. Um, so up I go, Pi, this hand can paint the freck calls on a lady bird's um shiny shiny back full stop reread it before i post it this hand this hand i've written had this hand can paint the freckles on the ladybird shiny back okay 
Russell, I think we need a bit of a musical interlude while everybody is working. No worries, we can oblige with that. It's ten minutes past ten, great time for a time check. It's the only point of the day where the um, uh, the clock face is smiling at you. All clocks in shops are set to ten minutes past ten, just so you get a, a nice smiley face. There we are, a useless fact of the day. I'm full of them. I'm back with Ian Rocky in just a minute. And on that topic, uh, we do a fabulous All Request Sunday shout-out, and here is a promo for it's Sundays at three o'clock here on Radio Blogging. You're listening to All Request Sunday with Ian Rocky and Russell Prue. It is a beautiful day here in the West Country, and I'm really looking forward to this. We've got a great show lined up. I had a text message that says, Big shout out to Bethany and Toby, who heard about your Sunday show when they were radio blogging with you and Pi last week. I remember them both very well. It's bringing people together. So, this is your opportunity to get in touch with us this afternoon and say hello to somebody that maybe you've not seen for some time. This is radioblogging.net with Ian Rocky and Russell Prue. Fancy a new challenge? Come and help catch Gerald the Mouse, who has plagued Pi for weeks and is on the edge of despair. You'll be required to protect the contents of Pi's fridge. You will set mouse traps and chaperone the camera. <laughs> <laughs> pull it together and the muesli at all costs still there me absolutely I'm just checking i'm just checking I was, hello I was just enjoying your link oh you're far too good <laughs> was it the introduction of jason moran's which could put you off there your stripe it threw me at the time coming up to 18 minutes i'd rather to uh, four o'clock this afternoon very good afternoon you're listening to radio blogging with russell and believe it or not ian who's managed to just arrive back at the microphone we often play the and we more often play the in Ian's case because this is very competitive these two gentlemen very competitive but it's a great warm-up activity these are great starters and it's a great bit of CPD as well so without really knowing it we're passing on some great practice and some great CPD ideas broadcasting across the globe this is all request Sunday that's something else coming from us or request Sunday Sundays at three o'clock here on radio blogging shout outs from me Mrs Eltringham has been in touch again hello to you Mrs Eltringham please can you give a shout out to all the new listeners in P5 P6 at Skelmory Primary School I certainly can and if they're smiling hello to you thanks for getting in contact as well hello to Eddie again thank you so much indeed and hello uh, to Daisy and El Anthony from East Kilbride have a shout out on uh, out today you've had one of those and they're loving the show thank you so much that's really nice out on twitter joe pierce is listening hello joe thank you so much that is a brilliant screenshot of padlots there and another fabulous tweet from liz brownlee thank you so much for listening it's great we love it when we have some of our poet of the days listening we just absolutely love it there as well so very good morning to you oh, uh, hello to reading libraries we have a library board that have got in contact with us thank you so much lovely they're recommending us uh, that's just gorgeous hello to miss paul uh, absolutely uh, delightful to hear from you thank you very much good morning to claire worrell as well um the tune sounds familiar i know it's called giants and it's a theme tune to this car well, it wasn't a cartoon it was real action uh, and for when it was fixed it was pretty good technology as well good morning to james walker hello welcome to the show miss wood and nice to have you as well uh, osbaston church in wales at dioc and uh thank you very much she's saying thank you or he's saying thank you to this uh uh Borodar, i can 
say to you as well. Uh, Miss, uh, Mr. G's class. Hello. Um, I want to say hello to us as well. Some great pictures there. Long Sutton Primary School. Uh, St. Louis Primary School. Thank you so much indeed. And that is all the Twitter shout outs for now. Oh, no. Morningside Primary School. Good morning to you. Uh, you were in nice and early, uh, I suspect. Thank you so much for that. Ian, what do you have for us? Thanks so much, Russell. Uh, 14 minutes past 10, got plenty of shout outs over here this morning. Good morning to Murphy. Shout out to all the key workers uh, and also to Arlie, uh, who is uh, having their birthday today. Happy birthday to you, Arlie. Uh, Miss Cammy's from Warren Road. Shout out to all the amazing parents everywhere doing their very best. Absolutely. Isa, good morning to you. Also, Adi from Warren Road and Sebastian, Jake and Robin, all returning listeners there they're looking forward to giant thursday agatha has been listening from day one uh gray i do hope i pronounced your name correctly i've said it a few times please let me know if i don't i'd like to get it right uh vian and warren road sachi is so ready another returning listener clem and aurora who love giants uh as they live near lots of giant folklore that's really interesting mrs mccalmont who is looking forward to reading more great writing from Stone with Woodford and Mrs. Murrin as an early morning shout out to all the children and staff as well. And then Chloe on the comments says, good morning, everybody. She wants a shout out to all of 5MB from Minehead Middle School. Misses them all very much indeed, I know. And that's what we're here for with our comments and shout outs, just to connect people and keep them thinking of each other. Alexander and Dad, hello, everyone. It's fourth show today. I want to say thank you for this fantastic idea. You are so welcome. You make me get up earlier every day, but it's a good thing. I hope your service can take the volume as the audience grows. You do not need to worry about that. We have got top class hardware behind this blog and it is just going to get better and better. So don't you worry about that. Sachin, hi there. Thrilled for Giant Thursday. Jessica, excited to do some writing, um, as is Aggie today, who wants a shout out for Gastrel School. Uh, me and my teacher, Miss Grace. Eliza would like a shout out for Gastrel's Year 5. Absolutely no problem. Lewis Stone School. Uh, Lewis from Stone School. Not the name of a school at all. It's Lewis from Stone School. Good morning, Lewis. How are you today? Also, Ben would like to say hello to uh, his class in Year 6 at St Thomas School Garstang no problem at all I can do that Eve. good morning to you as well um, Kitty Wright would like a shout out in Cromford not a problem Bethany another returning listener a shout out for Toby and Beth absolutely it's Captain Tom Moore's 100th birthday in week one and he's doing a lot uh, for the nation absolutely true Arthur good morning to you and Archie uh, we'd like a shout out for Minehead Middle School, as would Lily, who got in touch with a shout out for her friends at Minehead Middle School and Mrs. Gay in 5PG. Uh, also, Lucy this morning and Monty, who would like a shout out for Goshawks Year 5. Molly Ann in Exford. I know Exford. It's a very beautiful place. Um, yesterday, she lost a tooth and she pulled it out. But don't worry. It'll be absolutely fine. You just carry on listening to radioblogging.net and enjoy your writing this morning. Shrisha, a returning listener and Imogen as well and I'm going to leave a few more shout outs for a little later on in the show but for now I'm going to hand back to my very good friend Pi Corbett. That's great thank you ever so much and I know that uh, James Hill uh, has been recommending this show to his class and Mr Brown as well. Hello Ollie and um, and, and lots and lots of people uh, going on to the Padlet. I just love this. This hand, this is Nikki. This hand can grab Buckingham Palace and place it carefully on Mount Everest. Um, and Jane, this hand can weave magic with fabric. Holly, this huge hand can snatch up a rainbow and take all the gold in one go. Um, uh, I nearly read my own one out there. Um, lots of great ideas. Mr. Skill from Oaksey, hands can squat away, 
Swat away persistent droning irritation. Oh, that made me laugh. Uh, Sachin, this hand can capture the end of a rainbow with a snap of its fingers. And I like the way the snap of the fingers. Uh, lots of great ideas. Arthur. Richard Smokesy, this hand can grab a bike and ride down the steepest of sl uh, slopes. Bethany, this hand can make the grass wave and rivers flow with just one swift motion. Beautifully expressed pieces uh, coming up. Remember to refresh the pages so you can see. I love the way that people are noticing the little heart and clicking on it. Um, somebody's got 12 there. That's uh, Joe Pierce. This hand can hold the earth and the seat of its palm. It's now got 13 clicks. And my one has got 26. It's lovely to know that people are responding. I think we should move now to activity two. And remember, don't just type up, put up one idea. Get up two, three, four ideas. Now, Padlet two, just go down. This is all about giant types. There are different sorts of giants. We've already heard that from the audios. There are stone giants. There are sky giants, there are cloud giants, there are forest giants, there are ocean giants, all sorts of different types of giants. And the idea here is we can put up some facts about them. So title, I've clicked on the pink blob, up comes the title, in goes my name. And I very much favor forest giants. So I'm gonna put a fact about forest giants. Forest giants, um, Giants, forest giants. Remember, keep rereading it and thinking as you're writing it. Choose your words carefully. Don't just bung in lots of adjectives. That doesn't work. Forest giants are. Now, this is factual writing, so I've got to come up with a fact. Forest giants. I think I'm going to say um, something about where they live. Forest giants live in uh, deep wooded areas. Now, I put deep wooded areas because I didn't want to repeat forest giants it's a bit like saying snow is snow. Forest giants live in forests. Sounds a bit dull. So I've gone forest giants live in deep wooded areas, comma, no, and like and and like to hide in hedge rows so that they cannot easily be seen. Full stop. They disguise themselves with um with leaves and twigs full stop just reread it forest giants live in deep wooded areas and like to hide in hedgerows so that they cannot easily be seen they disguise themselves with leaves and twigs and what we're doing there is we're using the language of information writing but we're being playful and making the facts up so I'm going to publish that one and, and instantly there will be hundreds if not thousands of you posting up your giant facts, your facts about different types of giants. And see if you can be really creative. Inventor of the rainbow giant, that would be an interesting. The snow giant, the frost giant, the moon giant, the star giant. See if you can invent a type of giant that nobody else knows about, a very rare form of giant, and give us some facts about your giant. So, Russell, I think we can pop over now. And have we got uh, another little musical We've interlude? always got another musical interlude. This one, it's time for some Gerald time on the show now. Uh, listeners, if you've not found the Gerald button on the top of our website, don't do it just now, but just to remind you, you can click on that and catch all the latest tweets as well. If you want to follow Gerald, he is at the mouse Gerald. 
at the mouse gerald he's currently attracting a huge following and he's a bit of a dude i have to say it's a real fun there's a lovely video of them uh, on the website right now and this one's from rachel Orr because it is now officially gerald's time wandering and what did he spy an open door leading to shea cottage pie he squeaked every morning how lucky am i living by the boiler in the home of shea pie pie saw a mouse where there on the square where on the square right there a little mouse called gerald well i declare he will in the porridge, oh yeah! There's a mouse in the house, not a moose on the loose, or an owl on the prowl, just a mouse in the house, not a lobster or a mobster, not a rat nor a cat, not a stoat or a goat, just a mouse in the house. I saw a mouse, where? There on the stair, where on the stair, right Gerald, well I declare he will forage in the porridge oh yeah. Not an otter on the potter, not a louse on the loose, nor a rabbit with a habit, nor a Scot who's called Bruce, not a zebra on a crossing, not a pancake for tossing, not a fox in a box, just a mouse in the house. I saw a mouse, where, there on the stair, where on the stair, right there, a little mouse called Gerald, well I declare, he will forage in the porridge, oh yeah. He developed an itching and entered the kitchen, located the pantry and the porridge within, but Gerald got lonesome, a friend would be lovely to share every crumb. I saw a mouse where there on the stair, where on the stair, right there, a little mouse called Gerald. Well, I declare he will forage in the porridge oh yeah. A field mouse went wandering, and what did he spy? An open door leading to Shea Cottage Pie. Makes us smile every time. Rachel Orr climbing the charts now. That was the house mix. Or we'd like to say the cottage mix. Radio blogging, bringing unique learning opportunities every day. You're listening to Russell Prue, Pie Corbett, Deputy Mitchell and Ian Rocky. What better way to start your day? It's 25 minutes past 10. You're listening to Radio Blogging. Shout outs now. James Walker, thanks so much indeed. Celebrating a shout out for a school. We love that. That's so lovely. We really do like that. Hello to West Jesmond Primary School. Thank you so much indeed. It's really simple. So easily. Just tag us on Twitter or drop us an email or write on our contact page. Ian, what do you have? 
Thanks so much, Russell. Yeah, and, and you can email us, radioblogging at gmail.com, as people have been doing throughout the course of the show, which is great. Sachin has been in touch, uh, a regular listener and contributor to our site, saying thank you for the shout-out on Wednesday afternoon's show. Of course, I do a Wednesday afternoon show, 2.15, every afternoon with music, chat, and shout-outs, if you would like to get in touch with me, listening via the radioblogging.net site. Can we have Mana Mana? It's been a long time, at least in radio blogging time. Well, I will have to talk to the technical department and see what we can do. Marcus has been in touch. Can Cameron and his dad get a shout out? You absolutely can. Claire Kilgore has been in touch again. Thank you, Claire. Lovely to hear from you as always. Big shout out to all the children at the Highway Primary School in Orpington and to my two lovely children, Bethany and Toby. And she goes on to say that the success of Beth and Toby's audio recording is down to you and your listeners. They have listened since show six and learned how to put together a radio snippet with the voices and structure from the way that you share and comment on all the listeners' contributions. Well, that is what live radio is all about. It's all about interaction, and that's what we can do here that maybe some other providers may not be able to provide. Four weeks ago, they would not have been able to put together a script like that, nor would they have had the confidence to record it. Well, congratulations to all of you. Also, a shout out here for Lucy wants a, a shout out for an amazing teacher, Mrs. McKeegan, who sends us work and videos to help with her work. Abby, good morning to you. Also to Louie, who's ready for Giant Thursday, as is Finlay, um, who wants a shout out for Barleyfields Primary School in Ingleby in Barwick, or I hope I pronounced that correctly. Rosie, Berkeley, it's a bit cloudy, but no rain. Good to hear it. It's sunny here in the West Country. Hope you're enjoying it today. Um, Isaac from Brunel class. Uh, why is today called Giant Thursday? I hope by now you know because it's full of giants. <laughs> Miss F, good morning to you as well, Oliver has been listening from day one. This is Oliver. He's been our, our regular listener ever since the very beginning. Holly from Gastrel School and Gracie as well listening this morning. Liz, thank you so much, Liz Brownlee. What a wonderful, wonderful contribution to our show this morning. Fabulous work, fabulous poem. Lovely to listen to you read it, Liz, saying hello, everyone. Lovely to be here, Liz. It is lovely to have you. Thank you so much indeed. Poppy, also good morning as well. Lovely to hear from you. Adrian, um, good morning. So Sorry you missed yesterday. Don't worry, you're here today. It's absolutely fine. Also, Miss Hall and everyone at Stone with Woodford School and Jessica as well. Uh, Cameron would like a shout out. No problem at all. As would Neve and saying happy birthday to her cousin Matilda. Monty as well would like a shout out. As would Chendor. Welcome back, Chendor. Lovely to see you again. Excited for today's show. And Ben finds this really, really fun. Um, I think probably for now. Oh, Rayan, let's try and make 100 comments like yesterday. Do you know what, Rayan? I think you probably have already. Congratulations and thank you for getting in touch. If I don't get a chance to read all of your comments and shout outs out now, I will roll them over to this afternoon show, which is live at 2.15 on radioblogging.net. Pi, back to you. Well, we've got a, a, an amazing, ah, um, oh, just looking at the Padlet. I get very excited by this because I click on the refresh button and it goes from nothing to suddenly hundreds of responses. And I really enjoy reading them. Finlay McPherson, motor giants reside in old garages and enjoy taking huge oil supplies and using them to fill what they call oil pistols. They usually use these to play like humans would play with water pistols. What a cracking idea. Don't let anybody ever tell us that children can't be creative. This is marvellous, playful stuff. Holly, sea giants ride blue whales across oceans and eat sushi every day for tea. Marvellous stuff. Um, 
it's very, very rich, all of this. And I really love it. And I like the way you're reading each other's. Why do we read each other's? We read each other's all partly to give feedback and say, well done, I like that. But also one idea often creates another. When Paul was reading his poem about the spider on the ceiling, um, it made me remember a fact that I think Brian Moses told me that during the course of your lifetime, in your sleep, when you're fast asleep, on average, we eat about eight spiders. They crawl into your mouth while you're sleeping. Isn't that the most disgusting, horrible thing ever? Ugh, loathe it. Okay, now that is probably the nastiest thing I've told you yet, but there may be more, <laughs> who knows? Let's go down to the giant hunter's guide. So just below that second padlet, this is the big task today. Click on this orange one. And I've got here a model text. Um, so what I've done, I've imagined that we are all going to create a massive book and it will be called The Giant Hunter's Guide. And in The Giant Hunter's Guide, there are going to be pages about different types of giant. And this is where all the work we've done so far has led towards this. I have written an entry about the tree giant. And if you're doing this at home, Obviously, in your notebook, you could create a drawing of the tree giant. You could label your tree giant. And when you look at the structure of my writing, you will see how I've organized it. And you could use the same structure yourself, but you might want to add to it uh, extra bits of information, fact boxes, uh, etc. I'll read you mine. The tree giant is a type of giant that has become very rare. Would you be able to recognize a male tree giant if you saw one? In fact, they're very similar to the large majority of giants. Like most giants, they have long legs, the body of a large man and a huge head. Typically, they're about the size of a house and are often mistaken for an oak tree as they are similar in stature. However, a few have been spotted that are much smaller and may easily be mistaken for bushes. The main feature of the tree giant is that its skin peels rather like the bark of a rough tree. Like the common giant, the tree giant lives in solitary groups. They're very shy. During the daytime, they sleep in forests or small clumps of trees. However, at night, dusk and dawn, tree giants emerge and, if you are lucky, can be seen trimming hedges and tending to their gardens. They're easy to detect because they make a low rumbling sound as if they breathe. However, sorry, as they breathe. However, if they think that they, are be, they have been sighted, they freeze and become indistinguishable from trees. Tree giants have a fairly limited diet. In the main, they live on leaves, bushes, small trees and other forms of vegetation that they grow in the wild. However, they can also be tempted with various fruits and are fond of nuts and garden vegetables. Be careful if you come across a tree giant in case it mistakes you for a large form of turnip. The most amazing thing about tree giants is that if you meet one, it may grant you a magical wish. For this reason, they have been hunted across the world. This has led them to becoming almost impossible to find. So the big task for today is to create an entry in the Giant Hunter's Guide, invent your type of uh, giant. You've already done that on the Padlet. And what I've done is I've organized my writing with a simple introduction. And then what the, now I've done what a male one looks like. Obviously I need to go back and do a female and maybe the little ones look different, the juveniles. So a bit of a description and then where they live, 
their diet. I could add in extra sections about things like their hobbies or um, what else could I put in? Hobbies, um, family social groupings, so all sorts of other ideas could come in as well. You'll think of things. And I'd jot it down in your notebook, read it aloud, preferably to somebody else, just to check that it sounds good, it flows well, and then very carefully get it up into the blog, which is just underneath. Put your title and name in there, create your blog post, fill in the rest, and then you can submit. Now, what we like to do once it's submitted, everything is read and double checked, and then we can all read each other's writing. So at the very top, you can see it says towards the uh, right hand side, it says listeners posts. And if you go in there, you'll see everybody's writing and you can then respond to somebody else's writing. David, can you just say a little bit before we get to the final task about the responding to each other? Yes, it's a hugely important part of blogging. Uh, quite often the forgotten element. People think getting it on the blog, that's the, the be all and end all, but it's not. It's about leaving each other comments, telling each other something that you did well, something they did well. So, you know, something positive, asking a question and then suggesting an improvement. And as we develop this process, as we develop our skills of doing this, we can uh, keep track of our comments. So if we've written a blog post, you can then go back through the tag cloud. If you scroll down to the bottom on the homepage, you'll see the tag cloud. You can find your name, click on it, and you'll see all your blog posts that are there. And you can find the one you want to look at and underneath see the comments and then respond to the comments. And one tip that we love to see on this show, and uh, uh, lots of you are starting to do this, is to, yes, say thank you, but then copy and paste your original blog post into the comment so you can reply saying, thanks very much. What about this? And you've changed a few of the things. So you've redrafted it, but we've used technology to do it. So you don't need to write the whole thing out. We can just paste it back in, make a few edits, may change that sentence around or include that different opening word or you know, delete the repeated word, whatever it might be, tighten those sentences, and you can then send it back in. All these comments are um, moderated first, so we check them first before they go live, but we can see then the progress that you are making, and everyone can see that progress. So what we'd like is everyone to have a go at leaving a comment to somebody. You can either go to listeners' posts at the top of the page, or you can go to the tag cloud and click on somebody's name. We have a huge um, list of people, volunteers, um, who leave comments every day, adults that leave comments. So you'll see some names popping up that you might recognize. Uh, myself, Pi, Russell, Ian, uh, always try to leave some comments here and there as well. But it's a great motivator. Um, and we've seen that in the classes, haven't we, Pi, that we work with where mm -hmm. children um, are motivated by genuine uh, mm. feedback to their mm. writing not just from a teacher mm. yeah we are a community of writers and as i said earlier david let nobody ever say that our children aren't creative uh, this mm. uh, the work that we're doing just absolutely proves that there are a lot of us who have we love our reading we love our writing and just uh, talking about reading i made a recommendation a couple of days ago and i know uh, some of you picked up on that i'm going to recommend somebody else as well before we end um, we've got to get on to the extension task with the recording for tomorrow. We'll do that in a second. Um, but Kate DeCamillo uh, is a great, great American author. And she's got a wonderful book called The Tale of Despero. And it's the story of a mouse. 
which amused me. And the mouse falls in love with the princess and actually runs up to the princess. And of course, in the mice world, you're not allowed to show yourself in front of the um, humans. And so he is cast into a dungeon that is deep and dark. And living in the dungeon, there is a rat called Botticelli. And I'm not going to say any more. It is an absolutely cracking read. It's by Kate de Camillo, and it is called it, it, it is called The Tale of Despero. And that would be a lovely bedtime story for um, maybe nine, eight, seven, six, something like that. The other one, which I really like by her, is called The Miraculous Journey of Edward Turlane. And older children would like that one. Great, uh, uh, good read aloud, but also a nice one to snuggle up with. Be wary of it, though. Um, there are one or two really sad moments in the Edward Tulane. It's beautifully written, um, but there are a couple of sad moments. OK, so let's go to the final bit. If you look at the very bottom of the page, uh, not the very bottom, underneath the padlet, you can see Giant Hunter's Guide just below it, the extension task. Now click on that. And this is where you can be part of the next um, session. Is that right, David? I think it is. It is. Yes. Um, if we go, I'm just on there now. If we, when we head to uh, the, the site, mm. the extension task, you'll see um, a, a link there that takes us to uh, a place where we can post our uh, writing and uh, and our audio Padlet for tomorrow, um, which is something that is growing in popularity. Mm. Uh, and it's great for us as a team to be able to see the whole, well, the full circle develop, that mm. we're starting with audio and radio with these ideas. We've seen the ideas develop on mm. the Padlet. We've then got these um, tasks that uh, are created. We love, and I know the feedback from the children and teachers, Pi, I don't know if you've seen that, they love to, to uh, see your writing and learn mm. from you with mm. that and the way you talk through mm. that to give ideas mm. Mm. Um, to create your own blog post and then the f well the second to last part of the jigsaw is then to perform it and we love hearing these because then we can get comments as well the cycle mm. starts again it's a wonderful mm. bit of technology for the teachers involved Padlet is absolutely free to use um, everything can be moderated first so it's really mm. safe and uh, it's just great to hear the audio of the children, to get the children's voices back on the blog. So, okay. yes, that's where they can head to. OK, so if you click on that one um, and if you're looking on that one, David, you can um, add any comments if needs be. Um, so tomorrow's session is about Wolf Brother. I think I called it Wolf Boy earlier. It's not. It's Wolf Brother. Uh, um, uh, that series of books. And Michelle Paver, the great writer, is going to do a reading from her new book, Viper's Daughter, and there's a wonderful interview as well. And I thought what we could do is to make our way into the whole thing of, of wolves. We need to find out a bit more about them. So rather like a sort of David Attenborough interview, I've, I've got an interview going here with Professor Know-It-All. And I'm imagining one of those things like Spring Watch or, um, in this case, Wolf Watch, perhaps. I've called it Wonderful Wolves. And you're going to get the voices again. Good morning, listeners. Today, I'm with Professor Know-It-All. Professor, are people right to fear wolves? I think that most people fear wolves, but their reputation as a dangerous and violent creature may not be fair. Actually, wolves are rather afraid of people and hide from them. 
Yes, wolves can be dangerous, but attacks from wolves are extremely rare. Oh, really? So why are people afraid of them? I think most people are afraid of them because they appear in fairy tales and are portrayed as being extremely fierce. I happen to think that this is rather unfair to these wonderful wild creatures. Ah, well, what can you tell us about how they live? Well, they live together in packs, which have up to oh, ooh, about 12 wolves in each pack. In order to get enough food, the wolves have to cover many miles each day. They hunt as a pack, helping each other bring down their prey. Everyone knows about their distinctive howl, Professor. Why do they do this? Ah, yes, the wolf is known for its distinctive howl. Indeed, this is how they communicate with each other, often over vast distances. By calling aloud in this way, they can let the other wolves in their pack know where they are, as well as warn their pack about predators, or let them know where to find prey. Thank you, Professor, for giving us time and sharing such interesting information about today's topic. So there is the big challenge to create a blog full of facts about wolves. And of course, in order to do that, I actually used the internet. I went on our old friend Google, found out some facts and then wove them into this make-believe um, interview. So that's your big challenge. Can you create a make-believe interview using real facts this time? Create your blog post. And then, David, right at the very bottom, I can see it says how to record an audio padlet. So what happens there? Yes, well, we've um, we, what we've done here is we've put some um, audio guidelines in there on how to create your padlet. OK, um, so for the, for every, everybody kind of think listening now knows how to create their padlets. We've we've had. Well, we've had, a, we've had tens of thousands of Padlet entries since we started, uh, which is phenomenal. So when you are ready to create, you've crafted your uh, writing and you've practiced it, you'll be ready to you know, record it onto the Padlet. And so you'll be able to use those guidelines. There's only a minute or so long that takes you through uh, how to do it. Um, and then you can submit that to the Padlet in the same way. Um, I'm just I'm just looking at the screen there, and the, the Padlet's not there. I'll just get that added. So for anyone listening who's on that page, underneath the audio player there, you can't see the Padlet. If you refresh the page in about two minutes, it will be there. Don't worry. Um, there's loads and loads already on there. So do have a listen to some that have already been on. There's some good tips. You can hear some voices people have been mm. using. You've heard Pi do his voices, mm. which, um, <laughs> which is great. To, great to uh, listen to but you get some ideas i think i think uh, sachin or sachi i can't remember which ones used a voice changer on one of them as well mm. um so there's lots of different ideas there but i'll get that added in the next two minutes for anyone that can't see that Brilliant. yeah thank you very much david yes i'm looking forward to hearing what you come up with for tomorrow we will russell be using this at the beginning of the show we usually like to have two or three introductory ones and then we'll be into the whole business of focusing down on the, the series of books, Wolf Brother. Really looking forward to it, Russell. Absolutely. And uh, thank you very much indeed. That's all we've got time for today. If you've sent us a shout out and we've not read it out, we will move those over to Ian's show at 2.15 here. Come back and he will do the remainder of the shout outs there. It's just, we're, it's just a consequence of our popularity, I'm afraid. We are just receiving so many and we love it. We love it. And we will get to them. And all of the shows, everything we do is available to listen again to. Always it is. Until tomorrow. And we are so looking forward to tomorrow. Whatever you're doing, Stay safe, enjoy the day, and keep blogging.
Welcome to Radio Blogging, daily shows with interactive activities to keep everyone busy and engaged. Brought to you by Pi Corbett, David Mitchell, Ian Rocky, and Russell Prue. Just listen and blog. It's live, fun, and interactive. And with new educational tasks every day, just head over to radioblogging.net to listen and find out more. 